Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show that is putting together playoff pairings. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the places, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing a part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Miss 305. She's the executive producer of Dave Campbell's Texan Live. She's my co-host on Football Friday, powered by Dave Campbell's Texas Football, which airs 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. on Valley Sports Southwest. Uh, she is the co-host of Women Talking Football, a podcast here on uh, the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Podcast Network. She's the owner of a cat. She drives mm-hmm. a car. Uh, she has a uh, wonderful set of parents and a brother who I think is pretty cool. Uh, her brother has a lot of fits that he puts on Instagram, which I think are, are really strong. Her brother dressed up as a French maid for, for Halloween, I noticed. Which it I was thought fantastic. Was, was excellent. Uh, she's the owner of a blue shirt. She's Ashley Pickle. There's my life story. There That's me. That's there, There's the elevator pitch. Hi, friends. We did it. Today is... Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. 21 days until Thanksgiving. Three weeks. We are now in Thanksgiving prep danger zone. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to be an alarmist here. Yeah. But if you have not started your Thanksgiving prep by now. You are behind. You're behind. You can make it up. Mm -hmm. But you're behind. Yep. Get it together. Figure things out. Pull your head out of your ass. Not condoning that kind of language, but she's Sometimes right. it needs to be said. She's right. <laughs> Happy birthday to, um, good Lord, I don't know. Happy birthday to Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Dolph I feel Lundgren like I played, know that name. Dolph Lundgren played um, uh, Ivan Drago in Rocky Rocky Five. Okay. You know what I always think Rocky about when Ford. I hear Dolph? Have you ever watched, uh, oh, is it Just Go Dolph. With It? With Adam Sandler? No. No? Okay. Good movie, but there's a Dolph in there that's really funny. Episode 1489. On today's show, folks, it's a large show. We're going to run through the Dave Campbell's Texas football top 10 Texas high school football games of the week. Break those down. Then, got a big-time guest. We're going to be joined by the head coach of the Sabinal Cardinals, uh, it is a, a co- or a, so, I'm sorry, Sabinal Yellow Jackets. Sabine is the Cardinal. Sabinal is the, is the Yellow Jackets. Sabinal Yellow Jackets. Uh, it is Coach Jeff Kowalski will join us. Sabinal has Rock Springs this week, and they are seeking their. If, if Sabinal wins, they will have their first unbeaten regular season since 1929. So we will talk with Coach Jeff Kowalski coming up here in a moment. Then back half the show, the picks, my high school football predictions for week 11 of the Texas high school football season. We'll round it all out with Craven Betts, your weekly financial advice segment from our college football insider, Mike Craven. But first, do we have first four through the door? 
We sure do. It was Daniel Agnew, Tony Blaylock, Nick Morton, and Rob Hadaway, veteran crew there. Welcome in, fellas. Hello, friends. Thanks for spending part of your suddenly very busy Thursday with us. Without further ado, let's get to it, Pickle. It's the top 10 Texas high school football games of the week. Now, I want to put something up here. I put together this graphic yesterday. Okay? I want to be clear. Mistake. <laughs> there is a real chance there's something wrong on, on this, this graphic. graphic. Okay? <laughs> Everything has been moved around. I literally... I verified it at like 3.30 p.m. yesterday. Yeah, and I had you change it twice yes, after that after fact. that. Yeah. <laughs> Things have changed since then. However, I think this is up to date. Let's find out. Let's go to the top 10 Texas high school football games of the week. We'll start in the middle there of the big game of the week. 7 o'clock Friday night, hopefully still in Holly, Texas, is the number eight Cisco Lobos, big damn Lobos. Visit the number two ranked Holly Bearcats with a district championship hanging in the balance. This is a huge game for a lot of different reasons. Obviously, a district championship means a lot for both of these teams, but also, I would also say that for both of these squads, this is an opportunity to really get some some huge momentum and confidence going into the playoffs. Um, you know, these are teams that we think are on the shortlist of contenders there in Region One, uh, and I think they've got an opportunity to make that deep run. We know what Hawley's all about. Uh, they have uh, they I think have really improved offensively, uh, especially because I think their passing game has gone from pretty good to. Or, I'm sorry, it's gone from fair to pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think Rody Hooper's really stepped up in a big way. Uh, they still are able to run the ball with Austin Compton, and their defense has been very good. Going up against the big damn Lobos um, of, of Cisco, Hunter Long is back for his millionth year of eligibility <laughs> and running that offense like... Like it's just rolling out of bed for him. He has been fantastic all year long. Uh, Trenton, Trent, Trent Houston has been very good running the ball as well. They are, and their defense has been strong as well. Uh, this game was, I want to say, 17-14 in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. I would anticipate something pretty similar. Uh, I think it's going to be a low-scoring slugfest, and I think it's going to be hard-hitting and really, really a fun matchup there mm-hmm. uh, in 2A Division One. A great way to close out the 2A Division One regular season uh, with a showcase matchup of two top 10 teams in Cisco and Hawley. Well, yeah, I feel like we focus so much on the right-hand side of the bracket in 2A Division One because we've always just kind of penciled in Hawley this year. Mm-hmm. Like It's usually between Hawley and Albany. Um, this will be like the first really big test to get a measuring stick on, okay, do we need to keep focusing on them or are we still focusing in the madness of the right-hand side of the back yeah. bracket? No, you're absolutely right. How about this? Yeah, private. 7 o'clock tonight in Plano. How about a top five matchup in the private school ranks? As the Dallas Parish Episcopal Panthers, the number one team in the private school ranks, visit the Plano Prestonwood Lions in a really intriguing matchup that uh, the computer actually has as the number one, bless you, number one versus number two teams in the private school ranks in all of Texas. This game is fascinating and and there's a lot to to break down here um this this uh Parish Episcopal has run through a very difficult schedule very very difficult schedule remember this is a team that has wins over Alito uh LBJ and China Spring uh and then they also by the way have a very narrow loss to um South Oak Cliff so this is a really battle-tested team uh Daniel Novikov's squad is always very dangerous but what happens when they run into a team like Plano Prestonwood whose defense has been very strong all year long they run the ball very well with AJ Sibley uh and they're able to move the ball to a variety of different playmakers but they want to keep the ball on the ground and grind it out uh how does that defense match up against what's been a very explosive Parish Episcopal offense that's gone up against bat and battle tested against very very good teams that is it uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see exactly how this game shakes out uh, especially being moved up a day mm-hmm. and especially uh, with uh, with a team like Parrish Piscopal who's run through a difficult gauntlet um, how much does that matter and, and can quarterback Sawyer Anderson put on a show as he has all year long fascinating matchup with the private school ranks Parrish and Prestonwood 7 o'clock Friday night we think an humble question mark <laughs> live on texanlive.com let's go it is the number eight team in the 6a ranks the atascacita eagles visiting uh visiting 
Uh, they share the same stadium. Uh, taking on the number 24-ranked Summer Creek Bulldogs. And uh, this is the the closeout game for both of these teams, it, it, obviously. And there's I don't believe there's anything for either team to gain in this one. Uh, I believe because they're going they're going separate ways. Let me check my math here. But Summer Creek is going to the Division Two bracket, and Atascocita is going to the Division One bracket. Um, and yeah, they've already locked out in those. So this is really just kind of fi- uh, a, a good capper and a, a quality football game. Is a Summer Creek team that has uh, that is that uh, I think has they're they're they've been pretty battle tested. They're two they've got three losses, Klein Kane, Klein Collins and then uh they lost to North Shore in a very very narrow game uh back in 2000 back in week 8 I believe it was. This atta- this uh the Summer Creek team I think is pretty dangerous. What they're able to do offensively I think is has been has been fun to watch. I think they've grown offensively and their defense has been pretty stout as well. How do they handle Zion Brown and this uh, attack state attack which is uh, still smarting after their loss to North Shore last week? How what much does the taxi to bounce back? Can they get kind of reclaim a little bit of that confidence heading into the playoffs? So big game there on Texan Alive. I think this one goes one way or the other. I think that Atascacita either like bounces back like really, really mean, aggressive, or it could yeah. turn into one of those things like we talked about with Stevenville last week. Can will they let one loss beat them twice? Mm-hmm. So game. Summer Creek's good enough to do it too. It's yeah, it's it's either left or right. There's no going straight here. <laughs> 7.30 p.m. Friday night, again, we think. No, that's wrong. It's Thursday. That's tonight. Huh. I told you. <laughs> 7.30 p.m. Thursday night in Lucas. The number nine team in the 5A Division II ranks, the Lovejoy Leopards, take on the Melissa Cardinals with a, another district championship game, uh, this game hanging in the balance. Um, I think both quarterbacks in this game are really fun to watch. Uh, you look at Trevor Ham for, for Melissa. He's been very good. I think that Braden Hagel, the quarterback for Lovejoy, has stepped up in a big way. One thing I'm, I'm very interested in. Both of these teams have kind of romped through district after taking two early non-district losses. Yeah. And one of them, like their defense, this is the best offense they faced in weeks, Mm -hmm. months arguably, and the defense has got to be ready right now. Yep. Ready right now, not only this week, but then heading into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There's no like ramping up here. It's got to be full go for a district championship tonight. No, and I saw like I saw them play in that last game that was any sort of competition against North Crowley, and they they did not look good. I mean, yeah. really did not look good. And in my mind, I just kind of wrote them off from yeah. that point, and then it was like you hear people start going, oh yeah, well they're number nine now, they're getting better, and it's like, yeah, but they haven't played anybody, so this will really answer some questions that we have specifically for that entire region of the bracket Yeah. of, it, are they even a contender at this point? Yes, uh, so keep an eye on that one, I believe our friends at WFAA have that, that game on WFAA.com if you want to watch that. 7.30pm tonight in Dayton live on TexanLive.com Yes. The a really tricky matchup here mm-hmm. and a really interesting one, as the Dayton Broncos welcome in the Fort Ben Marshall Buffaloes, the number two ranked team in five A Division two. Um, we haven't talked a ton about Dayton this year, but I like this team a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're seven and two on the year, and I think that what they've been able to do, especially from an offensive balance perspective, is really interesting. They are. Uh, they've got a quarterback that they really like in, in Carson Horton. He's been very good, but they can run the ball very well as well with Vernon Harrison. They have got great balance to this offense and a diverse offensive attack that they've been able to put together that I think is going to be a really interesting challenge for Fort Ben Marshall heading into the playoffs. This is a Fort Ben Marshall team we think is on the short list of teams that can win the 5A Division II state championship. Um, we knew when realignment came out that they were going to be in a much more difficult district, and so they were going to be tested more. This is exactly what James Williams wanted. He wanted a good test against a quality opponent heading into the playoffs. Now, I don't believe, at least from the Marshall perspective, uh, that there's anything on the line here. I think I think Marshall's already locked up the district championship. Yeah, that seems right. Well, Dayton, yeah, they would have the the head to head over Dayton. They have the head to head over Dayton. They've already beaten PNG. So then they're good. And so yeah, so they they've beaten everybody else, but. If uh, they were to lose this oh, no, one, I'm sorry. Yeah, if, if they, they were, were to lose, if they were to lose this one, then you would have a tiebreaker because they have, would be both six and one. And yeah, well, I guess technically, then Dayton could win it because they would have the head-to-head. 
but they've already but, lost to Portnetch's Groves. So uh, that's the thing. Yes. Okay. It's, it's, so it could be a three-way tie before Penn Marshall. If they go the, out and get business uh, But I believe from a tiebreaker perspective, they may already have it locked up. All that is to say, interesting test here for Fort Penn Marshall heading into the playoffs. Yeah, and it's fun to see them actually get tested at this point because we thought that they were super good, but to know that they're actually super good is is good for our predictions. <laughs> 7 o'clock tonight, Thursday night in Everman. This one's fun. A top 10 matchup in 5A Division Two as the Midlothian Heritage um, Jaguars take on the Everman Bulldogs visiting Mar Stadium in a huge clash uh, between two teams that have I set on deep playoff runs. Everman's back uh, into the into the state rankings for the first time. Quarterback Jerry and Bespeed has been uh, has been fantastic. They have got this kind of thunder and lightning running back thing going with Eric Mills and Caden Brooks and they are grinding it out and their defense is playing their best football right now. They will need to play their best football right now going up against this uh, this high-powered heritage attack. Quarterback Caden Brown has been very, very strong uh, all year long. This is a matchup of how well Everman's defense m- goes up against a really, really good heritage offense. That's the game. That's what I've got my mind, uh, my eyes set on this. If Everman's able to run the ball, it is game on. But if mm. they're not, I don't think they've got a great plan B. So that is a real interesting test there in on the E block tonight, 7 o'clock Thursday. Well, that Everman defense has been real hot and cold mm-hmm. on the year, too. Sometimes they're holding opponents to, you know, 3.7 points, and then, but most of the other time it's been, you know, they want to get you into a shootout, but can it maintain? Yes, I think that's a, a great question. 7.30 p.m. Friday night in Rankin. It is a huge week in the six-man ranks, folks, as we've got a top 10 matchup in 1A Division One. as the number 7-ranked Garden City Bearcats visit the number 4-ranked Rankin Red Devils for a straight-up district championship and a lot to learn uh, from this one. I-, I think that for Garden City, there's a Garden City team that I think is the very cl- uh, the very classic better than their record indicates they're eight and one but their one loss was to may on the road and since then they have been absolutely rolling remember they're the only team to beat westbrook this year Mm -hmm. they've handled westbrook their only loss of the year so they are battle tested they know what they're getting into i think that that offense has really started to take flight for coach jeff jones's squad i'm interested to see exactly how rankin matches up against them because they do have uh, a common opponent you know garden city is going to learn lean a lot on on their their big front uh, owen seidenberger has been very good and they've got a running back in John Lopez who's been a star as well they do have a common opponent because Rankin also played Westbrook and lost by one right now Rankin is eight and one as well that's their lone loss of the year they've also got the they've got the only win over Balmeray this year Mm -hmm. Uh, they've got a win over Knox City which is aged particularly well this is a fascinating matchup here Rankin is a team that I think their defense has been playing its best football right now and I think that that was a young team that I think has grown up in a big way so exactly can that defense for Garrett Avalos step up and can guys like quarterback Blake Wise make plays I think that this is a huge matchup there in the six-man ranks obviously uh, major playoff implications here. Uh, th- they're both in the playoffs, but this is a seeding game. And let me see if I can figure this out on the fly. The winner of this game, I don't know if I can figure this out on the fly. Um, the winner of this game will play, is that right? Yeah, so the loser of this game is going to play Newcastle in the first round of the playoffs. So you don't want that no. big matchup here there in Rankin. 7.30 p.m. tonight in Kilgore. Live on TexanLive.com. I'm so amped up for this one. It's a top 10 matchup in 4A Division One as the number 8 ranked Chapel Hill Bulldogs take on the number 7 ranked Kilgore Bulldogs in a fascinating East Texas clash for a district championship here. Uh, two teams that have followed a similar path. Both of them lost district games or non-district games out of the shoot. Both of them two, two really good opponents, mm-hmm. uh, but they started off 0-2 and have gotten white hot since then. Um, Chapel Hill, we knew they were young and so maybe there's a little bit of an excuse of like they've got to kind of figure things out as they're going they figured it out and that yeah, offense, but all those young guys also went to the state semifinal last year that <laughs> offense is 
on fire right now. Desmond Brisbane, or D- Demetrius Brisbane, their quarterback, and running back Ricky Stewart are as advertised. They have got playmakers all over the place. Going up against Kilgore and Demarion Van Zant, I think I'm very slowly becoming one of my favorite quarterbacks in the state. This kid's awesome and is going to give them a real chance to win this win this game and win the district championship. Remember, this was a regional semifinal last year Mm -hmm. and Chapel Hill won in double overtime. I would expect a similar type game, very close. I think Chapel Hill's offense might be a little too much, but Kilgore's got the superior defense pretty clearly. That's what's fascinating about this game. Great game out there. Coin flip type game between Chapel Hill and Kilgore. 6.30 p.m. Friday night in Jasper. Live on TexanLive.com. I audibly turned around and said, Hey, we got Silsby Jasper this week when I've got the news for this one. The number four ranked Silsby Tigers, unbeaten, try to win a district championship outright, traveling to Jasper to take on the Jasper Bulldogs. And so Silsby, uh, Mason Brisbane, their quarterback, has been great. But like the star here they is have the guy. Draylon Miller. Mm-hmm. Draylon Miller is a... He is a freak show. He is the the one who was promised. If you have not seen him, do yourself a favor Friday night and tune into Texan Live and watch him. Watch the Draylon Miller show. This kid is scary. Scary good. Um, And I think the underrated thing about Silsby is I think their defense has been pretty strong as well. Mm -hmm. Going up against Jasper... First-year coach Kendrick Cromedy has done a sensational job with the Bulldogs, and they are uh, grinding it out on the ground as uh, and, and kind of doing old-school Jasper stuff. Uh, we, when we talked with him at coaching school, we said, what do you want to make this team in? He's like, I just want to get back to our roots. And our roots are knocking the knocking the, the you-know-what out of people. And they've been doing that. Their running game has been very good with uh, Zykees uh, Simmons and, and Zykeel and Hadnot. I think that uh, Simmons, who is their quarterback, is a, a terrific passer as well. They want to keep the ball on the ground, though, and win physically, especially if rain's going to be an issue here 6.30 p.m. Friday night on, on Texan Live. A lot a, a huge game and a great kind of positioning game for both these teams. Can Silsby polish off an unbeaten regular season? We'll find out. And finally, 7.30 p.m. Friday night in Balmeray. That's right. Two six-man games make the roll. Let's go. A top 10 matchup in 1A Division Two as the unbeaten, as as uh, the, uh, rather the 8-1, and one, I think it is, uh, Balmeray Bears at number three in the state. Welcome in the number six ranked Sanderson Eagles. And this is a fascinating matchup for a number of different reasons. One of them is that obviously it's a top 10 matchup. It's a district championship game, things like that. Balmeray is coached by our friend Vance Jones. And Vance Jones is a former Sanderson coach. I believe he won a state championship at Sanderson. Mm-hmm. Um, is that right? I Maybe think not. Because so, he's done three, three no, state championships Marathon, at three Garden different City schools. And, and Belmar, in Belmar, but Belmar, I think he did yeah. coach at Sanderson. Yeah, they lost the first game of the season to Rankin. That's what it was. Yeah. That Aff- was, aforementioned Rankin. And then <laughs> since then, they've rattled off eight straight, and they have been uh, fantastic. Going up against this, this Sanderson ball club that I think is maybe a little bit of a surprise, uh, but they've got a playmaker in Ryan Darkus uh, at, at, the, at the kind of spread back spot, who I think is, real, is the real deal, and I think he's grown uh, in a big way. Their defense has been pretty strong as well. How do they handle this Balmeray attack, which is going to try to beat you in a variety of different ways. Of course, they've got they, they they've got guys like Tomas Contreras who's back in the mix. Wayne uh, Wayne Witcher up front. This is a I think it's going to be a physical ball game. I think the fact this game is at Balmeray is an advantage for the Bears. Uh, but this game is going to be a lot of fun. Top six matchup in one A Division two to close out the six man football regular season and a district championship on the line. So a lot to a lot to glean from this one. We will find out exactly where these teams stand uh, at Kent Sanderson Polish off an unbeaten regular season. We'll find out. There it is. The top ten Texas high school football games this week. You can watch four of those on TexanLive.com. Let's go. Watch a ton of games on TexanLive.com, especially tonight and tomorrow night. So there you have it. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State.
Dave Campbell's Texas Football has partnered with the North Texas Honda dealers to honor community helpers from across North Texas. Texas is fortunate to have so many great individuals that give back to their community in so many different ways. Thanks to the support of the North Texas Honda dealers, we have an opportunity to shine a light on a few very deserving individuals. Congratulations to Lindsey Dutton over there at Denton Ryan High School uh, for being the recipient of the Community Helper Appreciation Award presented by North Texas Honda dealers. Thank you for being helpful in your community. For more information, visit texasfootball.com. Oh, we got one more. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's a twofer. One more. Uh, it's Alma Ruddage uh, from Little Elm High School, also a recipient of this week's Community Helper Appreciation Award presented by the North Texas Honda Dealers. Thank you for being helpful in your community. For more information, visit texasfootball.com. And now a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loves doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support. VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Pickle, let's go to the hotline and let's matriculate to Uvalde County. There's a, there's a buzz in the air about a football team down there. We're pleased to be joined by the head coach of the Sabinal Yellow Jackets, Coach Jeff Kowalski. Coach, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Greg? I'm excellent. How are things in beautiful Sabinal, Texas? Uh, a little overcast today, mm. but other than that, pretty good. Uh, join the club, man. That's everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. You guys are off to a 9-0 and start um, and uh, before coming into your game this week against Rock Springs. And I guess my question for you is, is, is this about what you expected from your team, or have they kind of overachieved even your expectations? Well, I thought we were going to be pretty good. I didn't know we'd be 9-0 and at this point, but I felt like we had a, a chance to be successful. Um, you know, we had a, a lot of kids coming back. This is this is my third year here, and a lot of these kids have been with me since their sophomore year. So uh, they knew the, they knew our expectations. They know the system. So we felt like we could be pretty successful. But nine and zero, I didn't I didn't think that. Um, and, and and furthermore, you guys are the, looking for your first unbeaten regular season since nineteen twenty nine. You guys haven't had an unbeaten regular season in in almost a hundred years. Um, is that something that you guys are talking about? I think coaches play it one of two ways. It's either we don't want the kids to know because it's a pressure thing, or we want to talk about the potential of making history. Which one is it for you guys? Well, we didn't start talking about it until this week. Mm. Uh, you know, it's the old cliche: we want to go one and zero, and and we've done that every week. And this week. We want to go one and zero, but it also means that that we're ten and zero, and it's it's, you know, the kids are they hear it around town from the old timers that you know there's never, never been a team go undefeated is what they've been telling me, and then uh, I think you put it out on Twitter since 1929, and there's a there's a book of Sabinow football history, believe it or not, and I got it and I went back and looked at it, and sure enough, 1929 they were nine and zero, so. Um, the kids kind of knew that going into this week just from people around town. And, and uh, yeah, we've kind of embraced it a little bit uh, just because it's a big game and we need to win it. Jeff Kowalski of Sabinall joining us here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation at hashtag TF Today. Okay, so, Coach, you mentioned this is your third year there at Sabinall. You took over a program that was 0-10. Um, you know, missed the playoffs narrowly in, in 2020 before getting back there at uh, in, to the playoffs last year. Um, obviously, this is different. <laughs> you guys are are playing at a different level like, right now. Can you put a, a finger maybe on exactly what is the difference between this year's team and and the past couple of years? Well, you know, it, it's we've had two good off seasons under our belt, mm-hmm. um, and I, like I said earlier, the expectations, the kids know our expectations. You know, last year we came into the season, and Greg, I, I think for the non-district schedule, we were missing about five to six starters for different reasons every game. 
and we finally got them back in district and we started to kind of gel a little bit. Um, so, you know, I, I just think it's the third year of the program. Uh, the kids have really embraced what we've been preaching. You know, we're very big on the weight room uh, and our kids really love to be in there. And, you know, we're in there four days a week. So I think that builds a little confidence, you know, from getting stronger and, and it's starting to show this year. Uh, you guys are, I think one of the biggest differences that I can I can tell from your squad this year is that it feels like the defense has taken not just a step forward, but a, a huge step forward uh, this year. Your defense has been one of the very best uh, there in, in the classification. Uh, what what has been the difference on the defensive side? What what has you guys rolling right now? Well, we we switched things up a little bit. We went, we're still an even front, still a four-man mm-hmm. front, but we switched more to a, a 4-3 than a 4-2-5. Uh, we simplified things a little bit. You know, I hired a new uh, defensive coordinator, uh, a guy that I've known for a while, uh, uh, Coach Steitler came in, and uh, he's done an unbelievable job, and the coaches have done an unbelievable job. I, I told him last night, you know, there's not been a game that we have not been prepared for, and our kids have not played extremely hard, and that's a reflection of them. Um, but our defense has been outstanding this year, um, and we couldn't be happier with it. And, um, you know, got a big challenge tomorrow night. Uh, one of the guys you're, who's been such a, a big time playmaker for you is 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 your running back. Uh, Israel Gonzalez has been uh, fantastic for you. Really, the straw that serves the drink between him uh, and and Richard Gonzalez. They've been kind of a one two punch. Um, for those two guys, those guys who have carried the load for you guys offensively, uh, what is it about those two guys that that makes them special? Um, well, they're ex- both extremely uh, hard runners. You know, our quarterback's a hard runner, and he's very fast. Uh, Israel's very fast. But I think also a lot of credit's got to go to our offensive line because they are really, really, really talented and strong and these guys don't get touched sometimes till they're five yards down the field, uh, but then they make the rest happen. But, uh, you know, Israel started as a sophomore last year, struggled, and then he figured it out, and uh, it's been outstanding. And then, and then Rich, our quarterback, uh, we just moved him to quarterback this year, and it took him a couple of games to figure out, you know, kind of the offense and the reads, but he, he has now, and uh, can't say enough about him, too. Uh, you know, one, one thing I'm interested in, Coach, your uh, your your gig before you were here was you were the the athletic director at at Floresville. You were you were over there, and um, you, that's a pretty good gig. <laughs> I gotta be honest, yeah. seems like a pretty good gig. Uh, but was it just a, a simple case of of the sideline came calling and and you wanted to get back on the sideline? Well, no, I was actually just the offensive coordinator at mm. Floresville. Um, I was the athletic director at Ingram before that. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and we loved Floresville. It was, a, but my son was going to be a senior and I kind of wanted him to get to a small school where he could do more than just two sports and be involved in a lot of different things. And we were blessed that Savannah came open. Uh, and, and finally, Coach, it's it's on to the next one. It's a big one going down there at Yellow Jacket Stadium in Sabinal. Uh tomorrow night as you guys welcome in the Angoras of Rock Springs, who are uh, certainly playing for a lot themselves. They have, uh, they're going to have a, a fire lit under them with an opportunity to win uh, a share of a district championship and, and district championship really outright. Uh, I don't want to ask you to give away what you're planning on tomorrow night, but when you take a look at what you're up against with the Angoras tomorrow night, what do you see? Well, they're they're an extremely physical team, and they run the ball really well, and they create some problems on defense because they they you know they run a lot of man coverage and stack the box. So uh, we're gonna and you know we're gonna have to play great defense, which we've done all year. We're gonna have to run the ball, and we just can't make mistakes. We can't turn it, and we can't have dumb penalties. If we do that, you know, we'll have a chance. He's Jeff Kowalski, the head coach of the 9-0 Sabinal Yellow Jackets. Coach, we sure appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the great start, and uh, best of luck tomorrow night. Thanks, Greg, and thanks for all y'all do. Absolutely. There he goes, Jeff Kowalski, the head coach of Sabinal down there in Uvalde County. It's a uh, it's a big deal down there. That, oh, I mean, yeah. 1929. That's that's wild, man. Uh, you know, it's 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 um. It's it's been quite a minute. He can put he can etch his name alongside. By the way, that's their only unbeaten regular. That's not true. Is that right? Uh, they might have gone unbeaten in 1924 as well. But he can etch his name alongside Hans C. Richards, yes. who was the head coach at Seminole in 1929 when they went 11 and 0. You know, a short list is a short list. Listen, <laughs> listen. It's right now the list is Hans C. Richards. Mm-hmm. 
It can be Hans C. Richards and Jeff Kowalski if they can get a win tomorrow night over a very game Angora squad. Don't sleep on Rock Springs. Good team, playoff team, and can win a district championship themselves tomorrow night. So, so you have to have a strong name to be able to go undefeated yeah. in in Savannah. Yeah, there's no there's no Jim Smiths. Yeah, winning, no, you need to have you need to have one that sounds powerful. You exactly know, exactly right. We appreciate Coach Jeff Kowalski hopping on with us. We're Texas football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/DaveCampbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com. Accomplished Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Let's talk about our friends at Takis. Takis is the presenting sponsor of the Sustainability Champions Award, spotlighting influential kids looking to pursue a career focused on the social, environmental, and economic well being of our future. This week's Spotlight Game features. Bang! It is the Eulist Trinity Trojans and the Hearst L.D. Bell. Uh, uh, Oh my gosh, why am I blanking on LD Bell's mascot? Oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. The Knights, right? No, they're not. They're no. not the Knights. Why am I blanking on Bell's mascot? This is bad. This is bad. Uh, vamp. We're going to record this We're again. We're vamping, actually. Um, the Raiders. The Blue Raiders. I'm dumb. I'm, uh, the I, Knights I was a good guess based off know, the logo. The I know it is, but they're the, they're the Raiders. I apologize. Let's do this again. Three, two, Takis is the presenting sponsor of the Sustainability Champions Award, spotlighting influential kids looking to pursue a career focused on the social, environmental, and economic well-being of our future. This week's Spotlight Game features the Euless Trinity Trojans and the Hearst LD Bell uh, Blue Raiders, where we'll be spotlighting two Sustainability Champions Award winners, Kevin Thomas from Euless Trinity and Brooklyn Studinsky from LD Bell. Thank you to Takis for your support of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Sustainability Champions Award. For more information, visit texasfootball.com. First try. You can't tell me otherwise. Week 11, the final week of the 2022 regular season. Dun, dun, dun. More than 500 teams across the state. This is it. It's the last week. Mm-hmm. Season's over. Have fun with basketball. Right. But for others, it's all on the line this week. And there's some big games everywhere across the state. I made a couple of predictions. Here's my high school football prediction for week 11 of the Texas high school football season here on Texas Football Today. It's the final week of the 2022 Texas high school football regular season, and it all comes down to this. These are the picks. Welcome into the Picks, your guide to the Texas High School Football Weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning into the end of the line. For a lot of teams across the state, football season ends this week. It's over, right? It's week 11. It's the regular season finale. And on Monday, they're going to be putting away pads, blowing up basketballs, and thinking about what's next in the winter. But for a number of teams, this week is the playoffs. In fact, there's 26 straight up, no frills attached, no tiebreakers, win and in, lose and go home playoff games across the state. Not to mention a ton of other games that could have massive playoff implications as to who's in, who's out, district championships on the line, seeds up for grabs, hosting playoff games. It all really does come down to this here in the final week of the regular season. There's massive games everywhere you look. Now, a quick caveat before we move forward. There's big weather that is supposed to roll through North Texas, parts of Central Texas, and East Texas on Friday night. We've already had a ton of games get moved from Friday up to Thursday to get ahead of the storm, but make sure that you know that all of these game times and locations are subject to change this week, especially right now. In any case, big games everywhere you look. We start in Hunt County. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Memorial Stadium in Commerce. It's a 3A Division I slugfest between the Mineola Yellow Jackets and the Commerce Tigers. What are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, the Dawson Pendergrass experience. If you're unfamiliar with Mineola's do-it-all athlete, Dawson Pendergrass, you are really missing out. The leading rusher in the entire state of Texas is one of the most dynamic playmakers in the state. And actually, hold on, I wrote this down. This is my Dawson Pendergrass piece of paper, okay? 2,437 yards rushing, pretty good. 29 touchdowns on the ground. He's averaging 270 yards per game, 9.9 yards per carry. Pretty good, right? Hold on, I'm just getting started. He's thrown for five touchdown passes. He's caught a touchdown pass. He's run for seven two-point conversions. Oh, and by the way, 
He's had two interceptions on defense. He's returned one of them for a touchdown. Yeah. Now, make no mistake. They've got some other big-time playmakers, guys like Adam Blaylock and Braden Alley, but Dawson Pendergrass, he's the straw that stirs the drink. He's going to be the best player on the field on Friday night. And with massive implications for the playoffs, can Dawson Pendergrass step up in a big way? Key number two, the Tigers' balance. We talk a lot about offensive balance, being able to run the ball and throw the ball at the same time, but I think that for Commerce, it is really starkly important that they are able to both establish the run and throw the ball effectively. Just look at what they've done this year. Go back to their loss against Leonard. That was their season-high passing for them, but... They lost the game because of their season low rushing, right? Last week against Pottsboro, they had a season high in rushing, but they had a season low in passing and they lost the game. Every other game in the middle, they've won those games where they've been able to throw the ball and run the ball with quarterback Michael Orso and their running back Deshaun Jackson. They're going to need both of those guys to step up on Friday night. So can the Tigers achieve that offensive balance that's so important to them? And key number three, win or go home. Maybe you're asking yourself, Mineola and Commerce? Why is he profiling Mineola and Commerce? I'm not here to tell you that this is the best game of the week. What I am here to tell you is this is one of the most important games of the week because this is straight up, no strings attached, a playoff game. The winner of this game is the number four seed in District 5-3A Division One. They are almost certainly going to face Jefferson in the first round of the playoffs next week. They survive another week. The loser of this game, Season's over. That's it. It's done. That's what's on the line here. The stakes could not be higher for Mineola and for Commerce. Mineola is looking for their 11th playoff appearance in the last 13 seasons, while for Commerce, this would be their first playoff appearance since 2019. And we hear this all the time. Oh, too many teams make the playoffs. It doesn't mean anything to them anymore. Go tell that to these two teams playing on Friday night because it means a lot to them. This is a huge game with everything on the line. So... Who handles that moment better? Who am I picking? I'm going with Mineola. I think the Yellow Jackets grabbed that final playoff spot thanks in large part to that dude, Dawson Pendergrass, who is one of the most dynamic playmakers in the state of Texas. When in doubt, you go with the team with the single individual best playmaker. That is Dawson Pendergrass. Now, I think Commerce has the better defense. I think they're going to have a way to maybe contain this offense for Mineola. And I do have my concerns about the Mineola defense. But in the end, I think the Yellow Jackets get the win. I think the Yellow Jackets survive in advance. Give me Mineola. 7.30 p.m. Thursday night at Leopard Stadium in Lucas. The District 7-5A Division II Championship will be decided as the Melissa Cardinals visit the Lovejoy Leopards. Uh, this game started off scheduled for Thursday, got moved to Friday, then got moved back to Thursday. So it's been a week for these guys. Lovejoy's back into the state rankings after dropping two non-district games, and their offense has really hit their stride since then, albeit against, I think, weaker opposition, but still wins are wins. Quarterback Braden Hagel has been fantastic, and they have one of the best wide receiver cores in America, right? With Kyle Parker, Parker Livingstone, and Jackson Lavender, they are deep and dangerous on the offensive side. I really like what Melissa has been able to do offensively, followed a similar path, top, dropped two tough non-district games before getting district play and really starting to roll. Quarterback Trevor Ham has been really good. They're able to run the ball pretty effectively as well. My question is, which defense is ready for this challenge, right? Both offenses are rolling, and also, neither of these defenses has faced an offense even close to what they're going to see on Thursday night. That's what makes this interesting. Which of these defenses is able to get back up to speed in a hurry, just in time to win a district championship, and just in time for the playoffs? I think this game is going to be high scoring and really fun, but I do think that Lovejoy gets the win. 7 o'clock Friday night at Forest Field in Hawley. The 4-2A Division I championship is up for grabs as the Cisco Lobos visit the Hawley Bearcats. Remember, this is a rematch of a regional final game last year where Hawley won a close one en route to their eventual state runner-up finish. You know, for Cisco, they have been humming along. Quarterback Hunter Long has been there for what feels like 700 years of eligibility, and he runs this run-based offense for Cisco so well. He knows this offense like the back 
of his hand, and that is a real advantage for them. Their offense has been great, and their defense has really turned it on of late as well. For Hawley, I really think they've taken a step from last year's run to a state championship game. Austin Compton is back healthy, running the ball, but I think the big difference for them is that quarterback Rody Hooper has really stepped up, and they are a legit passing threat this year. They are really strong on the outside with guys like Kaysen O'Shields uh, and Deontay Ramon. I think this team has an opportunity to make it back to AT&T Stadium, but first things first is winning a district championship. I think this game is close once again, but I think that the defense comes through for Hawley, giving the Bearcats. It's 7.30 p.m. Thursday night at RE St. John Memorial Stadium in Kilgore. It is a district championship game out east as the Tyler Chapel Hill Bulldogs take on the Kilgore Bulldogs. This is a rematch of a playoff game last year, which went into double overtime, and I would expect nothing less from these two Titans. They followed a similar script this year. Uh, Tyler Chapel Hill dropped their first two games out of the chute, and I think a lot of people jumped off the bandwagon, but that young team has really grown up. Since then, Demetrius Brisbane, their sophomore quarterback, and their sophomore running back, Ricky Stewart, have been very, very good. That offense is flying right now. They are as advertised. Going up against this Kilgore team, which also dropped two games early, but their quarterback, Demarion Van Zant, is one of the most exciting dual-threat quarterbacks in the state that nobody's talking about. This kid is awesome. He has been fantastic all year long. I do think that the Kilgore defense has been more consistent in this one, but what happens when they go up against this high-powered Chapel Hill offense? Uh, how far is this Chapel Hill defense come? Because it's going to be a big challenge for them. I think it's going to be fun. I think there's going to be fireworks all over the place. I give the slight edge to Chapel Hill. But those are far from the only big games in the final week of the 2022 Texas high school football regular season. Let's get to the lightning round. I like San Antonio Reagan over San Antonio Brandeis. Give me Smithson Valley over Seguin and Mount Vernon beats Pottsboro. Savinall finishes off their first perfect regular season since 1929 with a win over Rock Springs. I like Chilton over Milano and give me West Rusk to take down Edgewood. I like El Paso Eastwood over El Paso East. Like give me San Antonio Wagner over New Braunfels Canyon. And Frisco Emerson's dream season continues with a win over Frisco Independence. Huge games in Southeast Texas this week. I like Newton over New Waverly. Give me Silsby in a close one over Jasper and Refurio beats Ganado. I like Tidehaven over Van Vleck. Give me El Paso Del Valle over El Paso Bel Air. And give me Wichita Falls Hershey over Midland Greenwood. Give me Midlothian over Red Oak. Stephenville bounces back with a win over Waco La Vega. And give me Love Lady over Deweyville. I like Abernathy over Cahoma. Freer beats La Villa. And Bernie finishes off the perfect regular season with a win over Fredericksburg. I like Toller over San Saba. Midlothian Heritage beats Everman in a matchup of state-ranked foes. And give me San Benito over Westlaco. I like Timpson over Garrison. And Sonora over Forsan and give me Panhandle to beat Farwell. I'm going with Wellington over Clarendon. Give me Gregory Portland over Corpus Christi Flower Bluff. And it's a big rivalry game in Abilene. I like Wiley over Cooper. I like Umble Atascacita over Umble Summer Creek. Give me Fort Bend Marshall over Dayton. And in that wild and woolly district 25-6A, I like Round Rock over Cedar Park Vista Ridge. Georgetown beats Cedar Park. Centerville beats Corrigan Camden. And Lancaster topples Lufkin. I'm riding the hot hand with Fullshire over Richmond Foster. Give me Anna to beat Sulphur Springs. And Edinburgh Vela beats McAllen Rowe. In the little Southwest Conference, I like Odessa Permian over Midland. And give me Holiday to beat Kalisburg. PSJA North finishes a perfect season with a win over Rio Grande City. And I like Childress over Friona. And it's a massive final week in the six-man ranks. I like Balmeray over Sanderson. Give me Rankin over Garden City. I'm going with Zephyr over Blanket. And Whit Harrell beats Amherst. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games I leave out? Leave comments down below. Don't forget that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com where you can find complete coverage of the 2022 Texas High School Football Playoffs at TexasFootball.com slash playoffs. Thanks for watching. Enjoy the final week of the Texas High School Football regular season. We'll see you. Craven here in Craven's Corner, because on this corner we make money. Uh, split the difference last week, paid the vig, but yeah, two and two last week. 
Uh, I think we're like 23 and 11, 23 and 12 overall. Pretty good. I will say though, like if you could get, uh, if you could, if you could find a way to, uh, to to benefit on how much a team beats the spread, then the Rice Charlotte game that you were like, there's no way Rice covers 17, you were right. Yeah, I had that one. <laughs> <laughs> you had a read on it. I had that one. I have I have a few basic gambling rules, and I've added Rice minus 17 <laughs> as, as an automatic hammer. <laughs> All right, let's see what Cravens come up with this week. Where are we starting, Pickle? We will start in the Big 12. Huge matchup. Um, Texas Tech at TCU setting the, you're going with the under at 71. Under 71, you are uh, fading the offenses here. I feel like the Texas Tech defense is ahead of the offense after being there last week, kind of hmm. watching that team play. The turnovers concern me. I know TCU can score a lot of points, but I think they're going to watch that tape, see what Baylor did, and, and copy that. And that's run the ball, run the ball, run the ball again, take up the clock, keep Texas Tech off the field, and that will keep it to where it can't get to 71. That's a lot of points. The other thing about that is for Tech, like who, an, under, an underdog in this game, I think it's fair to say, especially on the road, they have... They've been turnover prone this year, and they've especially been turnover prone on the road. So you, you wonder if they're going to be able to put up their their share of, of this 71. This is a dangerous game for Texas Tech because they're the worst team in Texas turnover margin at minus seven. Mm. TCU's the best at plus six. Mm. So, you know, if, the, if this gets like last week, TCU's going to put on some points. And so it, that, I think that's the main concern is, is turnovers for Tech. What's next, Pickle? How about we stay in the Big 12? Texas at Kansas State. You're taking the over at 54 and a half. Kansas, Manhattan is a bad place for it the Longhorns. It has not, not been year. historically <laughs> very kind to the Longhorns, and uh, but you think that they can do their fair share of offense. Right? I mean, Kansas State scored 48 with a backup quarterback against mm -hmm. Oklahoma State last week. And, and Texas is coming off of a bye. I always trust Steve Sarkeesian to figure some stuff out. That I think Quinn Ewers is going to have a bounce-back game. Bajon Robinson's going to have a big game. I don't know if Texas can win this game. I was shocked to see them favored mm. on the road against Kansas State. But I do think this becomes more of a scoring matchup than a lot of people think it does. Yeah, I think that the offense for, for Quinn Ewers is, is probably going to figure itself out. And then, yeah, you know, depending on, you know, I, I don't know if Kansas State's got 48 in them again this week, but I think they've probably got more than half of that. Yeah, they can get 28 for us. So yeah, there. Yeah, that's, at that point, you're, you're, you're feeling pretty good. What's next, Pickle? To Conference USA West we go. The Roadrunners, um, you're going to take a minus one over or against UAB. So basically pick them here. Yeah, you give Jeff Trailer an extra week to prepare, and I'm going to take UTSA. Yeah. You know, this one feels pretty even on paper. UTSA is on a five-game winning streak. UAB has lost their last two. They lost to the FAU last week. Mm -hmm. So I know this, this one's on the road. I know the Roadrunners are beat up. They didn't get everybody back in that extra week. They're going to need a lot longer than that to get fully healthy. But I think that offense with Frank Harris, those wide receivers, I, I think they win this one on the road. The other thing, and you've talked me into this over the course of the season as well, uh, if this game is close, and obviously Vegas and the betting public think it's good, thinks it's going to be pretty close, what team in America do you trust more than UTSA in a close game? 16-6 and six in one possession game since the start of the 2020 season for Jeff Trailer as a college coach. That is nuts. Uh, what is our final pick this week, Pickle? Back to the Big 12 we go. Baylor, you're taking them plus three against Oklahoma. Uh, man, Oklahoma is, is officially impossible to read right now. Uh, I think I understand why they're favored. I think I get it, but I also know why you're taking Baylor here. Yeah, some of this is recency bias. I was in Jones Stadium watching Baylor put it on Texas Tech. It looks like the Bears are finally playing the type of football we thought that they would. Mm -hmm. The offensive line looked great. The defensive line had six sacks to go to those five turnovers. The one time I saw Oklahoma play in person this year, it was in the Cotton Bowl. <laughs> yeah. It was in 49 to nothing uh, against, against Texas. And so, for me, it feels like Baylor's starting to play its best football of the season. Oklahoma's still up and down. Give me the Bears to win this one on the road. Yeah, the only thing about this is that, that scares you is going to Norman. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing. I, I think Baylor's the better team. Like, I don't know if that's a real hot take all of a sudden, but, like, I think it's the better team. And they've been pretty good against Oklahoma over the last five or six years. I don't think they're scared of the Sooners. This is the year to go beat them. And, and all of these Big 12 teams, you can tell, are trying to send a message to Texas and Oklahoma. I think Baylor plays a really good brand of football. I think Baylor may run the table and be a dark horse to break into that, that Big 12 championship game with only two conference losses. There you have it. Uh, 
That's uh, the picks here in Craven's Corner because on this corner we make money. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts? Um, WTF coming up at 2 o'clock today. Wherever you're watching this, we are going to the Super Syntex. Lot, so boy, excited okay. to, to go on. You got a lot There's to talk a, about there. 91 teams we have yeah. in the Super Syntex, so it's a it's a big one. That's so a, come party with lots us. Lots to sink your teeth into. So mm -hmm. make sure you watch Women Talking Football coming up here at two. It's gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Also Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com for Mike Craven and Ashley Pickle. I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please come get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for Helpful Honda Mailback Friday on Texas Football Today. Thank you.